This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Liberty Hardy, and I'm little in the middle, but I've got much backlist. This is episode 319 and a half, and today I'm going to talk about a couple of backlist titles that I love. So hello! How is everyone doing out there? Uh, I always ask questions as though you could answer me, and you can't. I mean, you could send me a message later saying, you know, I'm fine, how are you? But, you know, I talk to you like I can actually hear what you're saying. It's not true. Or is it? Anyway, moving on, we are going to talk about books today because that's what we do and that's what we love. Uh, But before I do that, we are going to hear from a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by National Geographic Books. The Cave is the incredible memoir of Imani Balur, a young doctor and activist who ran an underground hospital in Damascus, humanizing the enduring crisis in Syria. The only woman to have ever run a wartime hospital in Syria, she saved many from the atrocities of war while having to face the patriarchal conservatism around her. Amani Balor is a game changer. Listen, she will be remembered as one of history's greatest. She's a passionately committed humanitarian, and she is determined to help others escape the horrors that she survived. Make sure to pick up the memoir, The Cave by Amani Balor and Rania Abuzaid for a memoir that expands on the 2019 Oscar nominated film by the same name, which documents her experience running the hospital, shielding children from horrific sarin attack, losing colleagues, trying to employ more women in the hospital and eventually leaving and becoming a refugee. So make sure to read about this amazing woman. And thanks again to National Geographic Books for sponsoring this episode. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so I picked a couple of titles. I believe I've talked about both of them on the show before, but I just love them so much. They're worth revisiting, and they're kind of tied into a couple of releases that came out this week, so I wanted to mention them. I'm going to start off with The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. Becky Chambers' new series, A Psalm for the Wild Built, the Monk and Robot series, came out this week. It's adorable. It's about a tea monk and a robot who are uh, adventuring through the forest. And this was, I believe, her first book, uh, A Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. Uh, It's the first in the Wayfarer series, which has, I want to say five, but I could be wrong. Uh, But it's so much fun. It's found family in space. It gave me this sort of farscapey vibe. It's like a farscapey firefly kind of space opera, which I'm always up for. And the main character of this book is Rosemary Harper. She is 
basically running away from her life. We know that she's trying to escape her past. We don't know what that is. But she figures the best way to get away from it is, you know, far away in space. So she joins the crew of this uh, ship called the Wayfarer. And she's never been this far out in the galaxy before, so it's a good escape. Uh, And she's never met people like the crew on this ship, including uh, the pilot, who is a reptilian. Uh, There are the engineers, Kizzy and Jenks. Sissix, I think, is the pilot. Um, And then there's Ashby, who is the captain of the ship. And while Rosemary is aboard the Wayfarer, they get an offer for the job of a lifetime. But they're going to have to travel... Here's where the title comes in. To a faraway planet, you go through these wormholes and pass all these dangerous things and possibly get caught by, you know, government people. And it's dangerous. The payoff would be really great if they can do it and if they survive, but it is dangerous. And Rosemary's conflicted because this is not what she signed on for. She thought she was just going to get away and have like this safe, boring job out in space. Uh, But she also finds that she's starting to care for the crew on this ship. And and worries about what's going to happen to them. And she feels like she belongs for the first time. So there are mishaps. They run into some enemies. Uh, Some people are not who they say they are. It's just a really sweet and funny and charming and hella queer novel about found family and finding yourself. And it's so much fun. It's a really great series to explore. Like I said, I think there are five of them. There might be four, but I think there are five now. Uh, So that is A Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. My other pick for today is based on the release of a novel this week called Ghost Forest by Pixuan Feng, which I did talk about on the show. Uh, It's about a young woman who uh, emigrates from China when she's a little kid to Canada and how her father travels back and forth. And then after the death of her father, she's reflecting on their relationship and their life. And it reminded me a lot of this incredible novel that came out several years ago called Do Not Say We Have Nothing by Madeline Tien. And it also is about a young woman who immigrates to Canada from China when she's young. It's this really beautiful and sad novel that takes place in several different time periods about students during Mao's Cultural Revolution, and then their children, who become the students who are protesting in Tiananmen Square. And then we have uh, this young woman, Marie, who lives in in Canada. The novel kind of revolves around her and another young woman named Ai Ming. Uh, Marie lost her father to suicide when she was 10 years old, and she didn't really know much about him or his life before Marie was born, and as she learns more about him, she finds out that he was a talented pianist, and A. Ming, whose father was a brilliant composer, she shows up at Marie's door when when Marie is young. Uh, She's looking for uh, refuge. She's a student from uh, the Tiananmen Square occupation, and, you know, like I said, her father was a composer, and Marie's father played the piano, and Aiming finds these notebooks that were handwritten uh, by both of their fathers, and they kind of learn a lot about what their lives were like uh, before both of them were born, and how the novel is about how China's political campaigns changed the lives of, of their fathers, and how the consequences of those carried down through the generations. Um, it won the Governor General Prize in 2016, and it was also shortlisted for the Man Booker Award. It's just a really incredible novel. It's called Do Not Say We Have Nothing by Madeline Tien. So for dealer's choice, 
I am about to start a book called Cahokia, Ancient America's Great City on the Mississippi by Timothy R. Pocketat. And the reason I'm going to read this book is because I was recently reading a novel that comes out later in the fall called Dare to Know by James Kennedy. And in the novel, a character mentions Cahokia and some things about it. And I was like, that can't be a real place, is it? And I looked it up. And what do you know? It is. And I was like, how did I never hear anything about this? Not only in school, but apparently it's a big like state park now. I've never met anybody who went there. Uh, And so if you have never heard of Cahokia, let me tell you, it was a pre-Columbian Native American city, which existed between 1050 and 1350 CE. It was located directly across the Mississippi River from what is now St. Louis, uh, set in southwestern Illinois. It existed more than 1,000 years before European contact at one point had 15,000 people, which was roughly the same amount as the population of London at that time. But in around 1350 CE, for reasons unknown, the people who lived there abandoned the site. They don't know if it was um, because of something in the environment. They don't know if it was a virus. They don't know if everyone was just like, hey, let's go live somewhere else. But now it's a state historic site that you can visit. It's like a big giant mound with like stairs that you walk to the top. Uh, but the city was below it. And, like, huge, huge state park. Very fascinating story. Never heard of it before. So I'm going to read this book and find out more about it because I'm very interested to know. And that is it for me this week, book lovers. Thank you to our sponsor. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash allthebooks. If you're a fan of all the books and you want to give us a treat, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers to find us. And if you want to talk about books or see pictures of my books or my cats, you can catch me on Twitter at Miss Liberty and on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive. I'll be back on Tuesday to tell you about the week's great new releases. And in the meantime, for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. Don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. Have a great weekend, kittens, and happy reading.